AI Dash is the exclusive sponsor of Satellite Superheroes. AI Dash is on a mission to create a greener, cleaner, safer planet from space. AI Dash helps core industries become more resilient, efficient, and sustainable through the power of satellites and AI. Go out to AIDash.com. Find out more. On this episode of Satellite Superheroes, we are talking to Paimon Benazada, CEO and founder of Capella Space. We had a great conversation around synthetic aperture radar. Did you know, did you know at any given time, about 75% of our world, the globe, is covered either by clouds, smoke, night, 75%. Synthetic aperture radar, Capella Space, leading the way, they're able to observe the Earth all 24-7. Let's get on with the conversation. Hi, I'm welcome to Satellite Superheroes. How are you doing today? Good to be here with you. It's Thursday. I can't complain. Yeah, I wouldn't listen to you. Why would I listen to you? Don't. You're looking like 25, and I'm I'm already rowing a road hard and put away wet. I'm old, and you're you're young, and you got a bright future ahead of you. With that said, for the listeners out there, give us a little uh, 411 on who uh, PyM is. Well, I am an entrepreneur. I am a space entrepreneur specifically. That's why we're here. I started a company called Capella Space uh, about six and a half years ago. Um, and uh, my company, Capella Space, is now operating a constellation, which means many, not just one, of uh, really, really magical satellites um, that can do, that have superpower uh, capabilities. And I'm, I'm excited to tell you more about that. Yeah. I'm excited yeah. to hear about that. That's for doggone sure. I have to ask the question. You can't just go down to Home Depot and say, all right, I'm going to go down the satellite aisle and I'm going to be able to do. Are you guys at Capella Space? By the way, listeners, Capella Space, they have a great website. They got some cool pictures. And uh, I highly recommend that you go out there and take a gander at it because, well, it's cool. Now, do you guys uh, manufacture your own uh, satellites? Yeah, we do. We're actually get out of here. You're vertically yeah. integrated on that. We uh, we we our headquarters in San Francisco, and then we have a big office in Colorado, Louisville. And believe it or not, we're building satellites in the middle of San Francisco. Um, um, as we speak, I'm sitting here in one of the rooms. A bunch of people in a room right next to me are actually building building the next one that's going to go up in a few months. See, this is a whole new. This is commercial. This is it's. What was always fascinating to me was the fact that uh, every time when I would think about uh, satellites, it's always some from a from a government military perspective, and that's what we do, and we satellite, and it was always hush hush. Now all of a sudden, just I don't know, <laughs> since two, 2016, as I look at your website, that uh, it it's it's more commercial now, and it's just being accessible to the market a little bit more, right? I mean, the crazy thing is, and this was not possible call it, you know, 10, 15 years ago, is anyone, any of your listeners, if they have a good idea and they have the right background, they can go get some investors to give them some amount of money. They can start a space company and they can build satellites, buy a rocket, put stuff on the rocket, launch it to space and make business out of it. And this was definitely not possible 15 years ago, but today, because of many things, and we can discuss that, you know, cost. Yeah. Cost has gone down substantially to book a rocket. 
Uh, you can, you know, you can buy a rocket from SpaceX, you know, a little, little, little place. You can't buy the whole rocket. You can buy the whole rocket, but that would be expensive. But you can just get a small piece, uh, you know, for about $5,000 per kilogram. Um, that's substantially less than what it was, you know, call it even three years ago. And you can get all the licenses from the government. It's open to anyone. You can put, put in an application, get a license, build, build a little satellite, put it in space, generate data. And you know, sell that commercially to anyone that uh, might be interested in that. So the bar, the the bar, the barrier to get into space has now um, have gone down so much that um, you know anyone can start a space company. You know that that uh, outside of the fact that that is a stunning statement, I I'm, I'm stumbling on the fact that you're a space entrepreneur. Never heard that, but that's a cool top uh, title, but. But not every. I mean, you, you got to have some sort of uh, uh, training, and and because I, it's still, from my perspective, from a market perspective, uh, d- d- tell us the value proposition of uh, Capella Space. What was the the problem? I, I got I got the satellite. You guys can build those things, and you can say, yeah, we can do this, and the technology's there, and all that stuff. What what was the problem? Why are you saying I want to be a space entrepreneur? W- why? Yeah, let me let me take you back to um, sort of the the genesis of Capella and what catalyzed the you know the idea. So, I, a little bit about myself. I, I I'm an aerospace engineer by training. I got my bachelor in aerospace at UT Austin. Hook and horns. Um, <laughs> well, uh, we here are, in Louisiana, we don't want to hear that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it, 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 then I went to NASA. I worked there for a few years. And this was at the beginning of the movement of uh, small satellites, um, specifically CubeSats, which are these tiny little, um, tiny little satellites, you know, size of a size of a bread loaf, a loaf of a bread. Um, I worked there for a few years, then I decided to leave and actually completely put the aerospace industry behind. I thought it was moving way too slow and it would take, you know, 10, 15, 20 years to do one satellite. Um, highly bureaucratic and uh and all my friends were doing software every year they were launching you know three four five six products and so i said i don't want to be part of this industry it's moving too slow i went to stanford um to switch to switch my career to software and i i started studying uh business and management and and other things and as i got there um there was a plane that went missing this is malaysian flight mh370 it was a big triple seven. It went down, um, and and you might remember this back. Oh, in I remember it. That it, it, and it it was like it went down, and nobody could find it. Nobody could exactly, and it was all over the news every day. Everyone was talking about it. Um, all the governments had deployed all their you know all their assets. There were navies. I mean, everyone was looking for this plane, and I was just sitting there thinking to myself, "Well, this is pretty strange. If there if a triple seven goes missing on this one planet we call home." and we can't find it, um, what else goes missing that we don't even know? I mean, this was, you know, there were human beings on this thing, so we we figured they went missing. Where, what is it? Where is it? But what else is going missing that we don't even know? And and what the hell? It's 21st century. We can't find a big triple seven. Like, what? that is crazy. Um, and so as I started pulling that thread, um, you know, with the background of space, I obviously started looking at what are we doing to look at our planet from space? And there was a whole bunch we were doing back then, but what I realized was we're not doing nearly enough. 
And there is a significant limitation um, on all the companies that are looking at our planet from space. Now, this is back in 2014. Um, and, and, and it turns out majority of the satellites that are orbiting Earth and looking down at our planet, they're using a technology uh, that we're very familiar with. Um, they use optical imaging, which we all have it on our phone. So the camera on our phone, um, the satellites that are going around Earth, they have the same technology on the satellites, it's just a bigger camera. And, and so what is the limitation of that? Well, you know, if it's cloudy, you can't see through the clouds, just like how when you try to capture a picture of the sky and if it's cloudy, you just see the clouds. You don't see what's behind the clouds. Um, and then they also can't really do imaging at nighttime. You know, just like if you take your phone to a dark room, it's not going to be a pretty picture. Well, the satellites, if they're going over San Francisco and, and it's nighttime, they can't really do proper imaging. And if they're going over, you know, Austin, Texas, and it's cloudy, they can't do, they can't capture an image of Austin. And it turns out 50% of Earth on average is cloudy. Well, what, what, what percentage? 50%. Oh, 50% no of Earth at any given time oh. is cloudy. And then as we know, half of Earth is nighttime, half of Earth is daytime, you know, it rotates. And when you combine those two, 75% of Earth at any given time it's either going to be at nighttime or it's going to be covered with clouds, 75%. So despite all these satellites that we've launched, we can only look at 25% of Earth. And by the way, that 25% is dynamic because the clouds are moving, the, the night and the day is shifting. And so all these satellites that we've launched, and there's hundreds of them, we can't actually reliably monitor our planet all the time at any time that we actually really want to because they'll capture an image and hey if it's cloudy they can't see if it's nighttime they can't see um and that was the genesis of the idea so what we do at capella we have built these satellites that allow us to do imaging in all conditions so whether it's clouds whether it's you know smoke whether it's fog doesn't matter we can do it in all uh, light conditions. So we can do it three in the morning. We can do it eight in the morning. It doesn't really matter. And so now we can capture imagery of our planet reliably all the time, anytime, um, no matter what. And um, that was that was the genesis of the idea. Um, and oh, now oh, oh, what's the technology? I mean, it just it it you, that's that's the secret sauce. What what and and if I can see, let's say, if there's a um, if there's a fire, but it's cloudy, whatever it is, but I, there's a fire underneath that set of clouds, you're saying I can see the fire, right? I can sort of assess the current situation. And can you see the smoke or does that even go through the smoke? It's like you, you go through the smoke, which is, you know, if, if it's if there is a fire, you actually even if it was not cloudy, you can't see anything because it's smoky. Yeah. Um, so we can see through the smoke. Um, and um and so, so what is what is the technology? Um, it's called synthetic aperture radar, or in short, SAR. S A R. Um, the technology itself has been around for a very long time. Um, we didn't invent the technology. The, this has been around. It's been a. It's been used primarily by governments um, right. in their own, you know, classified satellites that they have. But these are, you know, billion-dollar satellites that are size of a school bus. Um, and there aren't that many of them. There's only a few and only, you know, U.S. government and a few others have these 
you know, highly exquisite classified billion dollar satellites that use this technology. And what we've done at Capella is we have, we have find ways to miniaturize this billion dollar satellite um, to, you know, that size of a school bus to something that that's the size of a, uh, you know, a dorm room fridge. Um, and, and, you know, we have similar capability as the big, big billion dollar satellite, but it's much, much lower costs. And we can now mass manufacture this, which means we can launch many, many of them instead of just one or two, because, you know, they'll be too expensive. Um, and that allows us to monitor our planet at very high frequency. So we can take a picture of, you know, San Francisco every few hours. And over time, we're going to be able to even shorten that and do it every, you know, 10, 15 minutes. And we do it day, night, and in all conditions and be able to see changes that are happening reliably in all conditions. And that's something we've never had. You know, as humans living on this planet, we've never had this tool in our toolkit. And and, and now we do. And, you know, that's okay, I, got, I got a couple of questions. The one question is if 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 the technology SAR technology was pretty much in the hands of the government, how does somebody like you and, and others uh, take that technology? Isn't it sort of that hush, hush, don't 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 show them the, what I mean, I, I don't get it. Yeah, no, I mean, look, the technology itself is not secret. Uh, you know, this is it's a well-known, well-understood technology and the physics of it is is well understood and the and the challenge that we have overcome is um it's it's more of a engineering challenge right so in order to be able to do this you need um, and i'll get a little technical here but you know please we, uh, you know you need you need a lot of power and you need a massive antenna um, and the reason for that is the way this technology works is uh you are generating signal from your satellite you're you're uh, you're you're uh, emitting signals and power from your satellite that travels all the way down to the surface of earth from 500 kilometers which is our altitude yeah i was going to say where but what's that 500 they 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 come all the way down they hit the ground and then they reflect and they and that signal reflects and comes travels another 500 kilometer up back to the satellite and then we receive that signal and we make an image out of that signal. And so the signal needs to be very, very strong. And I'm, you know, I'm sort of using non-engineering terms to just make it as simple as possible. But the signal that's coming out of the satellite needs to have a lot of um, power in it. And, and so that requires um, a really big antenna and it requires a lot of power. And those two things are really difficult to do in space. And typically, typically requires a really big structure which would you know be complicated it would be heavy it would be difficult to get up in space and would require massive solar panels to generate the power um, a lot of batteries just a lot of structure to be able to handle that and what we've done as Acapella is we have miniaturized all those things um, so we launch a satellite that is really small but then once the satellite goes to space it transforms itself into a really massive structure so we have these really unique deployable structures where we have you know we've packaged them really neatly on the ground to be able to fit them in a small rocket so we don't want to pay too much for the for the ride but then once we go to space we essentially start unfolding and becoming this massive massive structure 
Uh, you know, in fact, we're we're as huh. big, if not bigger, as you know those billion dollar satellites when it comes to our antenna no when we deploy. Hmm. And so we've just found really unique, creative ways of you know doing it, um, doing it at a low cost. The let's use a use case where I say I want to I want to. Uh, now I'm sorry, I'm looking down at my notes. So if you're out on the video, it's not that I've, I'm looking at my notes. If if the use case says, "Hey, I want to take a a daily picture of San Francisco," the the reality is, is your orbit is it's not geosynchronous. It's it's going around. What's the sort of rotation on that? Yeah, so we are in what's called low Earth orbit or LEO, um, which means we're around 500 kilometers um altitude and we go we go around earth once every 90 minutes or so okay um and so we have multiple satellites now we have seven satellites that we have put in different orbits and and every one of them are is going around earth every 90 minutes earth obviously is also rotating under um and with the seven satellites that we have we're able to to capture an image of anywhere in the world once roughly speaking depends on where you know, what latitude and, you know, where we're looking, but roughly speaking, somewhere between three to five hours, once every three to five hours, as we launch more satellites, that number is going to come down. So yeah. we plan to launch more satellites. And, um, and our goal is to be able to get below, below one hour anywhere in the world. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, so again, why why would i be interested in let's say who who's who's interested in this information i see that your website you got contact us you got got ton of information what who would be interested in this and why is it important yeah so there are there are two separate sort of um segments that we are that we're going after one is governments so you know our own government us government is 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 one of our primary customers um we also work with international governments, you know, friendly governments and partner governments. But, um, you know, this is a capability that is very complementary to what governments have. Um, we have reduced the costs such that we can now have uh, many more satellites than, frankly, governments have. And so we can fill the gaps of coverage uh, for areas that are important to governments for lots of different reasons. So, you know, we're monitoring Ukraine as an example. Yeah. And, and we're doing it. Many, many times a day, we're providing that data to U.S. government, we're providing to NATO, we're providing across different different user bases. So government is a clear customer because there are places around the world that they want to make sure they monitor day, night, through all sorts of conditions. Gee, that's, it. That's, that's important. Yeah. Um, then there is commercial. And when it comes to commercial, you know, these are businesses. These are, you know, insurance companies. Um, uh finance, agriculture, uh, oil and gas, companies that have a lot of infrastructures. And, um, and you know, if you, have a, if you have a global business with multiple locations around the world, you've got, you've got inter interconnections between one part of the business to another, um, the ability to monitor it um, at a global scale and, and be able to do so at a high level of persistency, there's value in that, right? So, I'll give you some specific use cases. Um, insurance companies, you know, when when there is a natural disaster, it's really important for them to um, to have 
have a damage assessment report as quickly as possible. Um, usually when there's a natural disaster, you know, if it's a hurricane, flooding, uh, the weather is usually um, cloudy. And so, uh, you know, a capability like us where we can do monitoring in all conditions becomes pretty important. We're able to monitor as it's happening while the hurricane is hitting, we're able to do imaging. Right. And so we can we can have a pretty good image. We can have a pretty good assessment of before, during, after. Um, and that becomes pretty critical for first responders as well as insurance companies who want to be on the ground um, helping. Um, and uh, and so that's that's an example of a, of a commercial use case. Now, you know, that's cool. Um, See, I, there, there, I have right. this question. And yeah, th that's cool stuff. And I, I get it. And I. So, so I'm an insurance company. I I procure your services. I uh, and and let's say I'm in the the Gulf region where the where the hurricanes are normally hitting. Um, do do I have access? Me or insurance person um, have access to the photos? What analytics? I, I mean, it's one thing to have a photo and say. Wow, that's a big storm. Wow, whatever. And it's another to be able to say, okay, here's some here's some data behind it. This is this is what you see, right? And give some sort of direction. Is that a possibility? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there is there is there's stuff that we're doing as Capella. So we you know, we're essentially three companies in one. So we are a satellite manufacturing company because we yep. have to build our own satellites. Um we are a satellite operator um, because we are operating our own satellites in space. And then we're a data slash information company. And that's where, you know, we get our own data. The data comes to the ground um, and and then we extract information out of that and um, and we sell that information to customers. So not only we're doing some of that. So when it comes to flooding, as an example, we have a product that we're rolling out where we are mapping flooding. So the customer doesn't just get the image, they actually get a map of where the flooding is and how it's changing. Um, but outside of Capella, there's actually a thriving ecosystem of other companies um, that are uh, that have that have started working on satellite imagery, including Capella's imagery. So the, all they do is they build applications on top of um, our imagery and other companies' imagery, and they sell that application to the end user as opposed to the image. Um, so there is probably at this point, hundreds of companies that are, that are working on satellite imagery like ours. It's exciting. I mean, I'm all giddy with excitement and, and can I, as an insurance company, I'm not going to, let's say I go to Capella and, and I'm, I'm really, you know, it's hurricane season. So I'm going to, I'm going to approach Capella, but during the winter months, do I really need, uh, this service or solution is, are you sort of set up for that type of ad hoc type of uh, relationship? Yeah, I mean, we are, we have that, we have that service. Um, so anyone last minute can come in and, you know, grab imagery from us. Um, it's obviously a lot more expensive to do one image super last minute. Um, oh, yeah. You know, versus some sort of a recurring guaranteed subscription over time. But that's one of the, that's one of the services that we provide. Um, and that's one of the capabilities we have. As I look at some of the photos out on your website, capellaspace.com, don't go, don't, don't miss out on that. Um, 
your placement of satellites and your swath of vision is it is it important for you to say okay we got a we got a satellite that's sort of the northern part and then the mid part and then the southern part and then so on and so forth do you do you strategically sort of do that or what what how do you how do you ensure that i can get pictures from let's say the gulf or uh pictures up in the great lakes or whatever it might be yeah so we you know we have seven satellites today and we're launching more next year um and we do absolutely select the precise orbit that the satellite goes to yeah. and those are optimized for you know specific coverage that we're trying to get out of the entire system as a as a as a whole and so there are places around the world that we know there is there's more interest um to to monitor frequently right i mean most of our planet is actually water and there are interesting things happens on the water but there's more interesting things happening in certain regions than other regions, right? So everyone is interested to monitor Middle East as an example. Everyone is interested to monitor South China Sea. There's a lot happening there. Um, but you know, not that many people are interested in, you know, looking at the the Mojave Desert. It's just there's not much happening. Um <laughs> and, and so we, we're pretty strategically on where the satellites go and the top and the type of coverage that we can then provide to our customers. So if I'm Argentina. I'm a government of Argentina saying, you know what, I, I uh, we have a desire to look at uh, this portion of our country. And and do you and, and, and Team Capella sit down and say, yeah, that's great, but we don't have something in that area. We will. Or do you do you sort of bring that sort of value proposition forward and make those decisions on where to go and precisely what orbit and all that? Yeah, I mean, we as as we speak, we have coverage globally. So there's not a place ah. on the planet that we can't look um, with oh. the, the satellites that we have. So we can cater to anyone anywhere oh. in the world. And as we launch more satellites, we just uh, launch them in very specific orbits to increase our coverage in terms of a frequency. Yeah, in certain areas. So now I got it. Um, it, it you're trying to you're you're, you're carving out reducing the 90 minutes down, 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 down as much as you possibly can so that you can constantly sort of have that vision on the world. That's right. Yeah. No matter exactly. clouds or smoke or night or day, it doesn't really matter. Exactly. That's exactly. pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yes. Yeah, go, uh, go team Capella. Go team Capella. Yeah. <laughs> hey, how does somebody get a hold of you? Let's wrap it up. Um, well, I'm on Twitter. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. And, oh, what's, uh, what, 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 what's your Twitter handle so that we can all misspell it? Oh God, I don't even know. Um, but you're you know, on Twitter, but you don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not a big, I'm not a big Twitter person. Um, you know, I, I, but I think it's just my first name, Payam, and the and the first three uh, letters of my last name, B A N. Um, but I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, if you go to capellaspace.com, we're hiring like crazy. We're looking for um, all sorts of positions. So please apply. Um, oh. And there's a contact form on the website that uh, if, you, if you want to get in touch with us, that's probably the, the best way. Yeah, it's a it's a prominent button up in the right uh, corner. That's right. And then uh, you got careers. It's under about. And then it's like, OK, well, look at you. Look at you. You don't, this, you don't need to be from the space industry to work in the space industry. We are open to 
to hire from all domains. Um, and in fact, we like hiring from outside of space yeah. because uh, you know it, it's a uh, the, the 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 skills are actually quite applicable. Um, so don't be shy to apply. Well, there you go, man. That's a great pitch. What about good-looking guys like me? All I do is I just, you know, I'm I'm eye candy. That's all I would be for Bella Space. <laughs> all right. I really enjoyed this conversation. Big time. Yeah, me too. Good chatting with you. Yeah. Hey, uh, listeners, you know we're going to wrap it up on the other side. We're going to have that Twitter handle. We're going to have the LinkedIn contact. We're going to have Capella Space. So don't come to me. And, and of course, there's that open invitation for careers. I would highly recommend that you consider that. All right, listeners, we're going to wrap it up on the other side. Thank you very much for joining. We're going to be right back. All right. Thank you very much for joining Satellite Superheroes. And a hearty thank you to Pyman. He is the CEO and founder, Capella Space. Go out to capellaspace.com. Find out more. You got to learn more about that synthetic aperture radar. Mad technology. Also, also there was an offer. They're hiring. Find out more. I'm looking out at their website right now, and it is easy to navigate. So if you have any interest, passion, or desire to be in the space program or space industry, right there, Capella Space opening their door. All right, thank you again. We're going to have another great uh, satellite superhero conversation shortly. So do not go away. Continue. Continue to listen to and learn about the technology of satellites.